Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 78 and we are in a hollow echoey room. Welcome. Yeah, it's a big room in the Canyon Country Lodge. Right? Canyon Country Lodge okay. is a new hotel in Escalante and it's fan-freaking-tastic. It's yeah. beautiful, brand new since September. And they, are been, they have been kind enough to let us use this room in here with the giant TV, teach processing, and it's just been a home for us, a headquarters for Photog Adventures out here. Yeah, it's uh, got a tall ceiling, so that's what you guys are hearing is the echo, reverb, there's not a lot on the walls, so uh, it's going to be sounding a little different today. <laughs> yeah, I can hear myself echo in the distance every time I talk, and so, yeah, yeah. that's why it sounds different. <laughs> so we are out here in Escalante at the last day of our workshop. The Fortnite workshop in Escalante, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and now it's Thursday night, and we're gonna explore one more place in Escalante and have a great time. We're out here with Nicole, with Venkat, and with Kathy. These guys are our workshop participants this month, and you guys are here with us. Say hello to the mic. You guys squeeze in on that mic and say hello. Hello. There's Nicole. Hey, uh, this is Venkat, I'm from California. Hi, it's Kathy. Yeah, it's Kathy. So you guys want me to say your last names or keep it, keep it, keep it secret? Let's keep it secret. <laughs> the secret first names <laughs> only. <laughs> so these guys have been on, out here with us for the workshop, and they're partially guinea pigs, as this is our first small group workshop since our September workshop. We had 33 right. people. That was very amazing. And so these guys have been really patient as we've been doing out through here and having a blast. And so we want to talk about our experience here in Escalante, how the photography has gone, things that these guys have loved, Loved and just celebrate what an amazing week it really has been. Yeah, it really, really has been. We've been out to the places that we, uh, the three places that we really enjoy most in Escalante. We have a lot more exploring to do, but we were able to share it with these guys, and they has, have taken away some amazing photos <laughs> from the first three nights, and so we're excited to wrap it up with one more night of awesomeness. So we're going to go ahead and do this entirely live. We're not going to edit anything, so we're going to go through completely introduce these guys with questions that they can answer and talk about their experience and so we'll roll with that and we'll start off first brendan your perspective of the workshop so far anything you want to say about it while i go grab my phone um yeah so far it's just been really pretty easy going huh just uh we uh nicole decided to camp and uh, the other uh, two participants came with us to our hotel and it's just been uh, going out at night it's been kind of rough uh, getting a little bit, not as much sleep as we normally would be getting, <laughs> but that's to be expected for a Milky Way workshop, right? I mean, we're out all night, yeah. getting back about three, four, five in the morning, depending on where we're going, and uh, really just making the most of the night. And the skies have been so clear and so perfect. The weather has just been absolutely 100% cooperative and beautiful and uh, fantastic for Milky Way shots, so... We really have been enjoying this week, and it's going to be kind of uh, sad to see it wind down, actually. 
been a lot of fun. Exactly. I mean, we've come out to Escalante last May, and we had perfect weather, and somehow we got magical weather again. Mm. I was here on Friday, and Jeremy Gerritsen, one of the listeners, was out here too, and we got clouded out. We entered Devil's Garden. We could see the stars above us, but nothing on the horizon where the core was. Mm. And we were optimistic. It's going to work out, okay? We can get clouds to move, and then they never got out of the way. Mm. We haven't seen a cloud this trip except for during the day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and introduce something, a story from the Photog Adventure. Let's start with Venkat. Venkat, you actually met us at the airport and you came down with us. Um, any experience from coming down from there that you think is memorable as you joined and risked your life by going on a road trip with Aaron and Brandon? <laughs> well, I think uh, the first one was like uh, three minutes after we start on the highway. <laughs> the small right. speck which actually left a tiny spot on the windshield. And then where we had to go to a, you know, in, uh, the glass shop to get it fixed. I think that was the first foray into my adventure <laughs> with you guys. But I'm uh, glad that all the last three days, like I wasn't disappointed at all. And yeah. So I mean, literally, we were on the freeway for like 10 seconds when a rock chip chipped a big chunk right out of the center of the windshield that we just picked up the rental car. And we'd only had it for maybe 10 minutes, right? Yeah. And then uh, we spent the next half an hour at the, at the glass repair shop, the next uh, town over, <laughs> basically. So We hit the road trip and we immediately, immediately had to turn over and fix something. It wasn't a tire this time, <laughs> but luckily we were still in the Utah County area where we could find this Technoglass that works mm-hmm. with Enterprise. And then I think we're going to be scot-free on the charge. Yeah. Yeah. Right? What were they saying to you? That it works out pretty well? Yeah, Technoglass had a deal, uh, a, um, a contract with Enterprise had a contract with Technoglass. So oh, yeah. him, he just said, I called him up. He said, hey, just go over to Technoglass. They'll fill up the you know, chip and you guys can be on your way. And won't, we're just simple. So it was nice. Right. This isn't sponsored by any means by Enterprise, but that's a great mm-hmm. feature because the rock chip scared the heck out of me. <laughs> I mean, this is a car that had 2,000 miles on it. Now it's a truck, an F1, F-150, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling stoked that it's only 2,000 miles, brand new, brand new, and we put a dime to quarter-size rock chip gap right there in the front windshield, and my heart sank. I'm like, what is this windshield, $300, $400? What am I going to have to pay now to fix this? So, yeah, Venkat, you risked coming with us, and you almost lost your life to that rock that destroyed the window. After we got this thing fixed, we entered the freeway, and instantly, tink! Another one. Another no. sound, and we're all but, looking. But no chip, luckily, luckily. Where is it? Where's the chip? Where's the chip? Oh. Oh. Well, I think it's your uh, bad driving karma that day. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's had an attitude this whole trip. He's always <laughs> cutting me down. <laughs> so, Venkat, you have been to Utah before. We know you were down there with Joshua Snow and Moab. Was this an experience coming in this direction? Was this your first time coming to Escalante? Yeah, I think uh, this has been on my list for a long time. It's just that I think uh, when I met you guys over there, I thought, like, you guys would be cool to hang mm-hmm. out. And then awesome. luckily I was in correspondence with more with Aaron, trying to figure out the dates and all that. And uh, yeah, it kind of, uh, I think the Mil- I was following the Milky Way season and I thought like May would be the perfect time. Yeah. So I'm glad that you guys had this workshop planned out. So when you awesome. began the workshop, you knew you were doing Milky Way. What do you think was the biggest challenge up until now that you were hoping to resolve on this trip? I think before this trip, right, it was uh, mostly what you call, I was like a paper tiger reading books. Mm. And uh, (laughs) I was never able to get all the things in one place. Like 
a, we, we a call play. that a bookworm in America. Okay. Paper <laughs> tiger is better. Why do we go with paper book tiger? Worm? Sounds awesome. Uh, like this wimpy yeah. worm or an awesome tiger that's yeah. attacking uh, books. I, I love that. that. Yeah. So that's why, like, I was bugging. Uh, I think, like, on the way, like, how do you do this? How do you do that? And luckily, I think uh, both both Aaron and uh, Brandon were like really helpful all along the way, like you know, asking all when uh, Nubu questions. So what do you think was challenging in your photography that you knew you needed to practice with? Your first thing that you thought, okay, first Milky Way, I need to do this right, but I don't, is there anything that stood out to you as your greatest challenge in the photography side? Uh, is it like more particular on the astro side? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, particularly on the astro side, right, like last time when I was out there, um, I got some pictures good, but some were like really washed out in terms of focusing. Okay. So that's why like I was trying to pick your guys brain, like how to focus and all that. So I think like I was, I'm almost there right now, but I think I have one more night to try out different things. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things is we realized that, uh, if you don't have your focus set right for the stars, it's basically you just will not be satisfied with your yeah. photos, you know? Mm. of Milky Way no right. matter how good your foreground is if you focus on a rock but the stars are blurry unless you did that intentionally it's just you're not going to be happy you, you you want those pinpoint stars you really want the sharpness and that's what everybody I think is uh, really going for you know but I think the good thing which you guys taught me in this uh, workshop was like uh, to overcome that with uh, like the pano thing like mm. I think for example the lens I borrowed from borrow lens was probably like a Defective copy or something? There's or a lot more model. An yeah. older model or defective because the coma mm -hmm. in the 24 millimeter Rokinon he rented in the corners is terrible. Really extreme. Uh, really yeah. stretched. Uh. So then uh, let's go over to Kathy. Kathy, you've been here to Utah before. You know the Escalante area. What made you want to come back again, especially spend any time with us? <laughs> well, because I had such a fun time with you the last time <laughs> I was here. And you showed me so much, I figured I would come back out and learn some more because... I don't get to see the Milky Way very often. <laughs> so what would you say coming into the Milky Way here that you're excited to capture? What was your goal? I want X. I wanted the pictures that I saw on the uh, website, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to get those pictures. I saw those and I said, that's what I want to do. <laughs> and you delivered. I was going to say, maybe we should jump ahead to that. How did it go? What do you think <laughs> you came home with? Well, when I actually edit them right, I think I'll have it. <laughs> <laughs> so then as a Milky photographer, you've jumped into the star tracking world and you brought your star tracker for the first two locations. Any advice for people thinking about jumping to star trackers that they should know before they go out? Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say don't do it? This has been my misadventure. Oh. It's, I've had nothing but trouble with it. Um, couldn't get it to set up. I still haven't gotten it to light up. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to try again tonight. But So when she says light up, there's a reticle on the inside that you have to confirm where your Polaris is. And then that's how you, that's how you get orientation with Polaris. And you couldn't get the interior light up to see the reticle where you could match it up right. to the right. What is it, the latitude or longitude? Uh, longitude. The longitude mm -hmm. number. So yeah. we're at 37 here. And she needed to find Polaris and put it on the 37. It had to be, you had to set it up for 37 and then you had to find it. And there's an app that tells you right where you need to put the North Star oh, in nice. there. So you put the dot, you line up the dot with the dot inside, which wasn't lit up. Okay, dang. And that's something that works almost always in your home and your bedroom. But then when you try something else out here, it didn't light up. I find the North Star here because there's too many stars. <laughs> that's it's an interesting easy to challenge, find right? There's, it's easy to find the North Star by me. It's one of the few up there. Yeah. 
And then you come to a place like this and you have a bowl of soup of stars and how do you pinpoint that one's north versus this one? Even Brendan and I, we took a second to find Little <coughs> Dipper. We're like, okay, where is the Little Dipper, right? Here's the Big Dipper up this way. It's like, oh boy, okay, connect the dots, connect the dots, get your orientation and you got it. So then what would you say someone should do who wants to risk it and bring a star tracker? What should they do before they leave? Make sure that you got everything, that it's working, and even actually after taking it off the plane, make sure it's working because mm. it could have been damaged on the That's way what I'm in. That's thinking. Yeah, there could have been some. Because I know I lit it yeah. up before, and I never had a problem lighting uh, it. I so I'm thinking uh. that maybe it got hit. Maybe that's what's crushed my Lumi Loop. Oh, that's right. She has two Lumi Loops, and one got crushed oh. in her bags. Oh, and so whatever that's a crushed good sign that, of something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could hurt or other thing. Awesome. Well, we're going to come back to you as well. Now, Nicole, you have ever been into this area before? I can't remember what you said. You think no more, n- never before Escalante or even never before Utah? Never before Utah. Oh. First time. So when you're thinking about your first time coming to Utah and doing Milky Way, did you choose Escalante because it was the first workshop with us that just timed out? I mean, why did you choose now and this place and this time for Milky Way? Um, you know, I think it was very similar to what Kathy was saying. I saw the pictures that you guys had of Escalante. And by far, my favorite was that tree in the hole. Oh, um, Dance Hall Rock. Dance Hall Rock, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's just, to me, just so unique. You know, I mean, you see pictures of, of you know, uh, the arches, uh, delicate arch and, and, and all of those. But, you know, the, the hole with the tree is, you know, it's, it's not something that you see often. And it's something I wanted, you know, in my portfolio. So being awesome. that that was your favorite thing to come and do, how did it turn out? What was disappointing? What was fantastic? What went well? What didn't go well? Um, so I think what, uh, you know, it, it was everything that I expected. Um, I think, you know, what was a little bit harder than what I expected was the composition or, or finding oh, that perfect mm-hmm, composition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I went in and I sort of had an idea of what I wanted based on stuff that I've seen. And, you know, I wanted to sort of, um, do something similar, but at the same time, you know, um, also have my vision on it. Yeah, and, yeah. and to have to, you know, in an area that big, and especially at night, you know, it was very hard to find a composition that, you know, was, uh, that I was 100% happy with. Do you think you found that, do you, just, do you think you found that composition by the end of the night that you had uh, found at least one of the images that you took that were going to work? Um, no, I mean, I think the images that I got, um, I'm really happy with. Um, in terms of actually finding that composition, I said probably like 95% happy. So maybe, okay. I, have to, maybe I have to come back. What would you do differently? Um, I think I would go a little bit higher and a little bit more towards the right. Um, so I think what makes a lot of the pictures for this area was um, that the, the, the hole um, that the tree was in was circular. And, and mm. it sort of balanced out you know, on the left side of it where you had that little mound. So it was um, you know, the circular tree with the triangle mound. You know, I, it, it was a lot of nice shapes that, that went into that composition. And for the picture that I got, I think it was more oval than circular, mm. which you know, I guess to somebody that haven't seen a picture before, it still looks great. But you know, for me, I, I would have liked to be more, I would have liked for it to be more circular. And we really didn't realize that was happening until mm-hmm. um, you had mentioned that, that you, that you noticed it was more e- eclipsical you know, shape and that 
if we went higher up on the mound that was behind us, then we could get more of that circular. Yeah. So it's all about your aspect, you know, about your aspect of where you're located, right? I mean, your 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 perspective changes, and that area is so unique in the way that it's just got these big mounding. Right. rolling rocks like you're that, in a bowl yeah and you're in a bowl but then you go up and then you can go down i mean there's all kinds of ways to go around it and so you gotta hunt around it was which is what i did the first night i tried it i mean i was all over the place <laughs> you know i was all over there taking pictures of different comps i mean if you look at my library from that from that night i mean there's comps everywhere from that area so uh, i just explored the heck out of it when i was there the first night and i think maybe i just had happened to find one that I really like the most, and that's when we posted. So. The challenge of Dance Hall Rock, because of that bowl, is that everyone's standing at a complete diagonal, and that's something I didn't take, I didn't understand last time we You're were here. On a hill. We're yeah. on this hill, we're on this sandstone at an angle, and now bringing other people there, you hear comments like, "Okay, I feel like I'm falling. Is this <laughs> is this way steep? Where can we go that's flat?" I'm like, oh yeah, well nowhere, <laughs> nowhere's flat. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the heads up on that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned. Next time you guys come to Escalante, you'll see a big mention right there. This is at a slant. You'll be standing on a hill, so mm. bring I don't know flatter shoes. Just get prepared for it. Don't have vertigo issues, and you'll be out there. You'll be happy. Um, with Venkat, um, any place that you felt like was a big surprise to you or you liked the most, what would you say you enjoyed the most? I think uh, the Sunset Arch is probably my favorite among uh, mm. the three locations. We what about it stood out? It was our third night. I mean, I think uh, the best part was uh, the freestanding arch with uh, such a wingspan. Mm. And uh, yesterday while I was walking around, I was observing that uh, the right side is literally uh, balanced on just two rocks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I think, I hope uh, it's well-preserved enough for the future generations. Mm-hmm. Uh. Venkat, he might not mention it as his favorite moment, but my favorite moment of Venkat was being our model. We kept sending Venkat <laughs> up on the top of these rocks, and he was standing there above Meta Arch with the Milky Way behind him, and everyone was giving him commands on, don't breathe, stop moving, look left, look right, uh. hold that up higher, and he had to just burn out all of his muscle strength in his arms to get that shot. Have you ever seen an image come back from that that you liked? Oh, yeah, I think uh, the best one was uh, me holding my hands up and those were lighted up. Ah, it's yeah, as yeah, if yeah. I'm getting like a divine, it's as if like a UFO kind of pulling me into their <laughs> world or something. It was his so. rocky look. <laughs> his rocky look. Yeah. Da, 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 eye of the tiger. Okay, we can't pay that. <laughs> we can mimic it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then, Kathy, out there in the dance hall, or sorry, in the Devil's Garden area, we had many different compositions. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to people who've never been there? As a, have you ever been there before? This is your first time, I've right? I've never been there. Okay, and that's actually my favorite one. Oh, you were to mention as your favorite that was one. My favorite one. That was okay. my favorite one. First, why is it favorite? And then explain to someone who's never been there that. The, 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 I guess the plethora of compositions mm-hmm. there and whether or not you think it was challenging or beginners too much for beginners or really great for beginners? I think it was really great for beginners. There were so many different spots you can go all right there without having to hike through all that sand and climb everything. <laughs> um, but you were, there were so many locations right there and you got so many different spots to take. So out of that, you know, you got four or five different compositions that we had, you know, from different spots without without walking a hundred yards from each other. It was really nice being able to be able to see that and then know we're going to go over here because 
it's going to hit, the arch is going to hit right there in two hours, you know. So we move <laughs> over to that, but we prepare ahead of time. It was really nice that, that's why I liked it so much. It was, we had so many different possibilities and I got so many different shots. What was your favorite image from there? Oh boy. My favorite, to be honest, I don't know. I'm not sure because I have so many of them. I love so many of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I can tell the one that which Kathy loved is when uh, she met her long friend directing all the light settings and all those. <laughs> that, that could be it. That could be it. <laughs> she met a long lost friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, with the topic of having people come out there and join us, we had a friend named Eugene Louie, and he came out when we'd already been there for a couple hours, and he was just so delighted to have other people, adventurous people out there, and excited to hang out and shoot with us and he had some good advice on where to put some lights we tried some different compositions with louis there so we we're stoked to have i guess i keep calling louis we go stoked to have eugene join us but when you think about the area of cuts and you came away with pictures did you feel like that area was a great first night area or do you think we should save that for another night i think that's like a gentle introduction so probably i would feel that's like the best place okay. because definitely uh, the sunset arch i think I would probably have that either on the second day or the third day, but Devil's Garden definitely is, should probably be the first day because that's like a gentle introduction. People can just walk around like five, six, uh, two first and then select which one and then some of the compositions were nice. Lighting up was easy. So that's why I feel like probably that, would, that, should, that should be the first one on the tour plan. Yeah, I kind of feel like when I think about Devil's Garden, I'm trying to picture what would be a good way to analogy to say how big the area was and i'm thinking like a football yeah. area like a like a soccer pitch like a football pitch like how big a soccer field would be right. and it's about like that area if you just wandered around like a football pitch for a couple hours and just have a little bit of dip and a little bit of hills and that's really it Different not too bad statues all over the and football the, but the, field yeah but you just have sandstone like crazy huge sandstone rocks yeah. all over you know this football field size area it's just really easy to navigate and just so many great opportunities and really easy to light the rocks and it was just really cool easy and challenging especially mm. when you think about some situations where you have multiple lights and you want to try different angles you sometimes start countering all the good that was in that first light and then you fill it and kind of take away some of the cool of that light we were in one location we were trying to get the early panel and the biggest challenge there was that the panel takes up a lot of space right to left and so there's a lot of the rocks of devil's garden that can be in frame so we attempted to light most of them and ended up feeling like L less was more. Mm -hmm. what, the final composition and the final lighting, can you describe it for us, Nicole? Tell people what it was like in that final decision on the big panorama and why we ended up sticking with the final version. If you liked it, what you liked about it. Yeah, um, so to your point, you know, I think we, we first started out in the night and we were very ambitious. We're like, well, what about one here and one here mm -hmm. and one here? And, yeah. you know, 10 minutes in, we had like, you know, lights from, from 15 different directions and it, it became confusing mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it really didn't work for the picture. Um, eventually what we settled on was um, sort of more of a, a silhouette, you know, uh, mm -hmm. that the, the Milky Way was just so clear that day that, you know, we figured why not let that be the start? So we, we did, um, you know, a, a very low rim light to sort of light up underneath the arch um, to give, you know, a little bit of definition to the arch. Uh, 
but the, the the rest of the um you know the the uh the rock facade we felt like you know what it really didn't benefit from from really being shown so mm-hmm. with the rim line being uh, lit and the arch just sort of um you know arching on top you know we found that that was the the best composition to be had yeah, it's true. So you mentioned the uh, the clarity of the sky that first night was just unbelievable oh, yeah. because a storm had come out and just finished the, the last two days before we came in, and the storm just just dropped all that dust to the ground, and the clarity and the brightness of the stars were just extreme. I mean, it was like perfect, perfect astro weather. You've got these terminologies in astrophotographers see them when they look up the sky conditions for cloud cover, seeing, and transparency. And with seeing and transparency up there, it doesn't affect your Milky Way shot. I mean, not really. You can see the Milky Way, Mm -hmm. capture it. But when you see a night like we did where all three conditions are great, and then the next night the seeing gets poorer, you could tell a difference. Oh, yeah, we could. We could see the next day was windy. And it kicked up some dust, and we could see it. And then the third day, it was even it was still the same amount of wind, maybe five to ten mile an hour winds, not too bad. But because it had been windy for two days, we had a lot more dust in the sky the third night, and so we could totally tell. It just looked like there was like a almost like a, a muddy or um, a just layer. a thin layer of like uh, just it almost looked like cloud layer. But it was just the visibility from the horizon up to maybe like. If you're thinking like, oh, like three or four feet above the horizon, 10, 20 degrees. you can really see like it's hard to see the stars, you know, it's just a kind of a muddy, dusty, hazy layer. Yeah. Yeah. And we say hard just because that first night was so amazingly clear. Mm. It spoiled us for the next two nights. <laughs> hard nothing. If you had never seen the Milky Way before and you came out one of those other two nights, you'd be incredibly amazed mm-hmm. as to how clear it was. And you wouldn't understand what we're talking about with the previous night. Right. But what's cool about having a little bit of a dust in the sky is if we want to do something like the bright headlight shooting out into the sky, the dust particulates actually give yeah. way more, it gives volume to the air, right? And so the first night, it wasn't as impressive, but the second night and third night, man, you can really see that beam just shooting way up in. And so it makes a more impressive photo in that respect. And so you can still work with the conditions. Yeah. And the place is something that you're in the middle of a bunch of options, the place in, in uh, Devil's Garden, you got great opportunities for lighting, and you got to be smart about what you keep in and what you keep out. And in the very end, there was a composition that Nicole pulled out that it was something that, you know how sometimes a picture just resonates with you, and you're like, wow, that's, that's touching me in some way. That's really, you can't look at it as like master composition perfection. It was just perfectly... How do I say it without describing all of it? Let's let Nicole describe it because I don't know if she loves it as much as we did because <laughs> we really liked it. Nicole, do you know the one we're talking about that made it look like there was this symmetrical eye and bow of the, the bow of the rock and the bow of the Milky Way? It was just great symmetry. And it was mm. beautiful. Yeah, I know what picture you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't love it. You um, didn't love it. I, I, I didn't love it. I mean, I think my favorite picture from that night was um, the last picture of, of Meta Arch being lit. Um, from the bottom, and then the Milky Way sort of ran across it um, vertically. Mm. Is that the one at the end when it rested in the saddle or when it rested inside the gap? Um, I thought both were equally good. I thought the Mm. saddle was was probably slightly better Mm -hmm. just because of of the final location. Um, But back to your picture. Um, Yeah, I didn't love it because, um, I don't know, maybe I... um, 
you know, obviously I haven't been doing this long as you guys, so maybe don't I don't. It that way, no, it's just Aaron King's crazy well, love for something weird. No, yeah, but well, it might grow on you. Image, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't appreciate it. But like for me, I was more like, uh, okay, yeah, sure, it goes around it. That's nice. Then <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I wasn't really drawn to it. I think it spoke to me because it's unique from other pictures I see the Milky Way. Often you see mm. a flat horizon and a vertical Milky Way or, or Milky Way at 45 degrees. Or you see a kind of bumpy organic horizon with the full arch. Mm -hmm. In this situation, the way that she used the distortion of her 14 millimeter Rokinon lens, it brought the terrain down in the middle and up higher towards the edges. And then at the top was this Milky Way that was almost like an eyelid closing on it. Mm. And it's just, I hadn't seen something like that. It was unique for sure, yeah. And I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too, just right out the back of the camera. So um, I could tell that it was a great, unique shot. And I love how the edges come up and make, make like this sagging bow like yeah. in the middle. But then there's this interesting rock silhouettes to go with that, you know? So it's not just this horizontal bow like a wide angle lens you'd see the fisheye lens but you have mm -hmm. a bunch of interesting things to go with it too and yeah. it's just awesome especially in the situation where we decided not to light the left and the right of the rock and so those became these silhouettes of black mm -hmm. that kind of drew your eyes in this curving line down to what was lit like this campfire under the rock that sent the arch into a silhouette and a nice lit face and right. a nice lit rim light right. it was awesome yeah so would you have a question for them for anything? Because I'm trying to think what I want to ask them next. Um, day two, so we talked a lot about Gable's Garden, which was the first night. Day two, we just barely touched on, and that was Dance Hall Rock. And uh, we decided to, um, I kind of remembered for the most part the best way to get into that spot. Yes. Because there are so many rounded, interesting, <laughs> bubbly rocks that are anywhere from two feet to 18 feet high and sometimes they just sheer cliff drop and you don't realize it because it's so rounded you think maybe it'll just round off nicely but then it doesn't and uh so i know kathy and aaron were kind of bringing up the the rear there <laughs> jeff's gonna love this and uh, <laughs> and so jeff's our listener he's gonna love hearing this because he's the one that took us and showed us that we discovered it i don't think he actually found it it was the first time we went last year. We discovered I it together. I actually found it, yeah. Yeah, so we kind of hunted around and looked that. at these pots, holes, <laughs> and found trees and thought, no, it's not that one. No, it's not. Oh, oh, that's the one. That's got to be it. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. But trying to retrace our tracks and trying to find the best path there is still a challenge. Yeah, that's the thing. You know later. where it's at, but what's the best path? Mm -hmm. Kathy, did we go on the best path? Uh, no. <laughs> no, we didn't. Don't say the words. Don't say the words. No, no, we... Um, Aaron got me lost. <laughs> no, no, Aaron didn't get me lost. Yes. He just took me a nice way. So I got to see more. A challenging I got to way. See, yeah. I got to see more. How do your ankles feel after that vertical climb? <laughs> I'm going to have to tape these things up. Mm. <laughs> But it wasn't so bad. It was, I mean, it was well worth the hike. It really was well worth the hike. And, I mean, just going out there, I stopped, and I got some really nice landscape shots while I was walking out. And I, mm -hmm. I saw I saw Brendan up ahead, and I thought he saw me. <laughs> and he just kept going. Yeah, because maybe I didn't see you. I may have been looking at something else. I don't know. But uh... I stopped to take some macro shots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, Bren, Brendan, you kind of were going with this way, and then Aaron went, Oh, I gotta go get this from the car. So I lock. I forgot. I forgot to lock the car. 
and we got about one sixth of the way. That's <laughs> a phrase saying on this trip. I went one sixth of the way in and realized, oh crap, I gotta go back and lock the car. And I kept trying every ten feet. Can I lock it from here? No. Lock mm. it from here? No. I had to go almost all the way back. I was above the bat, the pit toilet on the rock cliff face. Finally able to hit it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I disappeared that way, and you disappeared, continued on, and Kathy, you were Because these guys weren't going to stop, so I had to take Venkat and Nicole with me. They were just ready to keep going. I had no problem, you know. I was walking, and I was following your path, and at least I thought it was your path, and I got to this big rock, and I'm like, okay, Mm. well, they had to go right here. This is the path with these the footprints. I walked up, and I'm like, no, that's a sheer cliff. There's no way they dropped down. I could see them. They went that way. So I said, well, Aaron's coming any minute, so I'm going to just hang out and take some pictures. (laughs) Did you get anything good out there? Because it's beautiful and crazy. Oh, it's beautiful. I I mean, I haven't haven't even looked at any of my landscape stuff. Uh, I've been, you know, just focused on the Milky Way stuff. mm. So, But I got some pictures in there. I knew I did some macro shots, and so... It was, you know, it was nice having me and Aaron just <laughs> chatting away, walking up, finding you. Yeah, it was. It was fine. I mean, Jeff remembers it. That mm-hmm. space has some really steep inclines and some gradual. Mm-hmm. I chose what I thought was our best chance among the steep options, not realizing until I got to the top that I look over and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really gradual. And that goes just right up there. <laughs> I should have taken that way. Sorry, Kathy. Oh, that's okay. And she then we like came back. She had pounds of bags that she's carrying, and I just went up a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and we came down, and we just see Brendan just running around, jumping, finding new spots to uh, figure out where to light things up. And I said, oh, he's got way too much energy. <laughs> I, I, I liven up when I get to the top of the rocks. And when, I'm, when I set my 20-pound you know, bag down and I feel like I'm, I'm so much lighter. And then once I start walking around, ever since I was a kid, if I start walking around rock formations, then I get excited. I get energized from that. So I just get that energy back. And I'm just like, exploring time. And so I just go. And then Cat's like, I'm like, don't go too far, Ben. Can I keep my eye on you? And Nicole's just like, I'm just sitting here. I'm not going to go anywhere. You guys are crazy, you know? And so that's the vibe I, that's the vibe I got from her. And so she's just like, explore, but don't kill yourself, whatever. So. Well, I mean, we, we found the tree with the hole. So I was like, I'm here. I made it. I made it. And I'm, I was I'm looking around like, here. there's so many more potholes with cool stuff inside. And and when I get up there, I see Nicole sitting down on Venkat, and I can't see Brendan anywhere. I was like, where the heck is Brendan? Then his head pops up on one end. The, the inside joke that night was, two minutes Brendan kept saying he'll be gone for two minutes and he just disappeared for a while and that turns into like a half an hour (laughs) (laughs) yeah time flies and I don't realize how how fast it goes and I'm just rocking around your five minute panel you're going to quickly do on the other side I swear that was only five minutes was Was it really no no. we timed it 19 was it no way because I swear is this just right over the hill I swear (laughs) I just set up my camera and just did all my panels I did two rows and came right, packed up and came right back. And that, you know that was 20 minutes. I did three panels while you were gone, so, and I'm slow. Really? <laughs> so you were gone for a long time. Wow, that's crazy. It really only felt like five minutes to me. So for people who had never been to Dance Hall Rock, Brennan, talk about the light painting there. And the, It's not a challenge, but it's not exactly easy given. No, it's not. Um, you have these big rounds, so, so especially where the tree and the hole was. If you guys, you guys will see that picture in the show notes. And we took it last year, and it's been really popular since we since we've just been showing it last year and it's it's not too much of a challenge to light because you can set up one light on the top of the hill facing the big rock right the big dome and then we have to drop a light into the other uh spot to light up the the, the well and the tree and that can be a challenge we got we bought some fishing line this time which is yeah, great that was smart genius Brendan. last time i had a rope and the rope we had to clone out and it was a red like a red like um 
you know, maybe like a hundred pound rope, you know, so it's, yeah. it's fairly thick and you can definitely see it this time. The fishing line, I just, I just left the roll out. And so if you've got to clone anything out, you got one little, like maybe five or six pixel, you know, spot to clone you say out. You left the roll out. You mean that the fishing line, roll. the entire roll of reel had a little black disc that was yeah, on and black, that was and then visible. Clear. You can see the clear, which showed up as white as your photos. Oh, okay. And if anything, you get a clone that out. It's just one, one spot boop, and it's gone. And so, unlike the rope, I had to do, like, you know, cloning along the rope and try to find it so it looked good. But And there's these weird lines. I mean, weird. They're awesome lines. But because of those lines, lines and the sandstone, yeah. when you're cloning and you clone out the challenge. rope, you end up cloning lines at different angles than the lines are going. Right. So it was a challenge to clone those out and make it look good. You mm-hmm. know? This time, Royce had suggested fishing, fishing line. I don't know if we, Thank you, Royce. I don't know if we thought of that or talked to him about it. And he just said, oh, if you use fishing line works out perfectly and we're like oh yeah i think we thought about that maybe so we tried that definitely worked the best fishing line was a little uh stretchy when pulling that light up it would snag on the rock (laughs) a little bit and i'm just like dude if this thing breaks i just hope it's strong enough you know so i'd slowly pull it reel it in you know and we did this i mean how many dozen times i was gonna ask you how many times do you think you did that At least least eight times, if not 12, you know, like you decide that a little bit less brightness and then Brian would have to go and refish it out, turn the brightness down, put it back in and then find out that, no, that's not good enough. Go it again. Roll it back up. I mean, you had to have a lot of patience to handle all of our feedback from that. Yeah, but it was fun, though. I mean, it was because I knew the end result would be worth it. And so going into it, it's just like this isn't that bad because the end result is going to be so awesome. So. And that's where Aaron decided to litter in Dance Hall Rock because, like a moron, we decided it was too orange with the little orange plate on the front of the LCD panel. And the LCD panel we're using in this case was the newer $30 one. I'll put it in the show notes. So if you don't want to get... cast a blue light naturally, right? The white light is more bluish, yeah. 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 And so we put the orange panel on the orange filter on the front of it to diffuse that light, make it more orange. It was nice, but it's kind of... A little too orange. It was orange little... against red rock ends up being really orange and really saturated. And we really didn't like the result in our photos that much. So we tried to figure out a way to undo that or tame it down, right? Mm-hmm. So. so we decided we'd take it off and I pull it up. And I decided to help Brendan because he just keeps going out there on his own. I wanted to try and help. I shouldn't have tried to help because my head wasn't in the game or something because I put the flat disc, the flat little plastic uh, square that is the orange filter down next to me while I went to go put it down again. And down next to me was a slope. Everything was a slope. It's like I it's had at least a 45. I mean, it was at least like a, a no, crazy incline. 30, that, at least 30 degree angle. I mean, right. it was pretty steep. Everything around me was that steep. And so I think I got myself balanced and adjusted to that. So I started treating it in my mind like flat ground, maybe. So I put it down next to me to do it and immediately goes all down in the hole. So if you're in Dance Hall Rock in the next few days and you see a six inch by two inch, six inch by four inch square panel there that is a little orange flat uh, plastic sheet, that's me. I'm sorry. I did that. So when we come back on our next trip in the next month, we're, we're trying to devise a way that we can fish that thing out. How about so. some climbing gear on a toddler? Hmm. Maybe if we hold the rope, they can get down there. And <laughs> that sounds to be a toddler. Five-year-old would work. Anything we can lift out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Grab that disc and we'll pull you back up. (laughs) So then, guys, in this workshop, um, what kind of things did you do to prepare to come? Uh, Anything that you did unique, Kathy, to get ready to come out here and do this or anything you'd recommend to people who are considering it? Sunscreen. Is that something you forgot or just something that's definitely been useful? No, I did remember to bring it, but Mm. I haven't had to use sunscreen and 
six months, eight months. <laughs> right. I forget how hot it gets out here. So and how Chicago windy it gets. native, and it's still April, May, right? Yeah, and it's really warm out here. Very windy, very windy. Oh yeah. I had to buy a bandana. Oh, nice. We yes. need to do photog adventure bandanas. Yeah, we can. Be awesome. Yes. The red bubble. Uh, red bubble. Yes. Maybe. My next picture that I'm in with the group, I'm putting my little bandana, and I'll be the photog adventure bandita. <laughs> the bandita. <laughs> oh no, she's back. So Venkat, anything from you? Uh, I think uh, the only thing is probably like a good. Ha- the only thing I think uh, I can recommend is probably a good pair of hiking shoes because mm-hmm. I wasn't really. I was thinking like. I, like probably it's like one of those beginner hikes, but I think it's it's good to have like a proper uh, multiple layers of clothing and then good hiking shoes. And since you bring up hikes, let me ask you this: um, I'm not terribly good judge of easy hike or not, even though I feel like I'm an overweight dude and it's hard to go through here. I'm thinking if I did it, it's probably easy hike. What would you declare? Um, let's start with Goblin Valley, uh, Goblin Valley, the Devil's Garden. Easy, med- intermediate. Yeah, I mean it's difficult. like 100 feet from the parking lot, right? Mm-hmm. So easy hike, right? Yeah, it's. Yeah. What would you say Dance Hall Rock is? Uh, that I would say it's probably like a beginner hike. What would you say that? How do you say that? I can't understand what you're saying. It's actually like uh, I mean like I think uh, since we were like kind of figuring out the path, I think it took like. A little bit of time. 20 minutes maybe. 20 minutes maybe. But I think like if you know the path, it's like just like uh, going down the washes, coming up, climbing up some rocks, mm-hmm. going down, right? So I think that's probably like just a beginner. You beginner should be hike. A, beginner immediate. Ah, that's yeah. the word. Yeah, okay. Yeah. A beginner hike, but you still have to deal with some weird angles. And if you have bad ankles, bad knees. Did it could be a challenge, but not, probably not too bad. Yeah. Tiring them, but not breaking them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what would you say Sunset Arch? Sunset Arch is probably definitely like uh, intermediate, I guess, mm-hmm. because definitely it's not like beginner, uh, because you need like proper uh, hiking shoes for that. And uh, yeah, yeah, I it's think really sandy, yeah. like really powdery sand. Yeah, a little more uncomfortable because of the sand and dragging. Uh, before we go on to Vincant's answer of what you tell people who are new to this to bring, uh, Kathy, talk about the hike in Sunset Arch. You might have a few things to say. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely have decent boots. Uh, I found out uh, that I've got cracks in my boots and so I got a lot of sand in them and then so I've had little sand going into the boots and it made it harder and harder to step plus the fact that you sink into the sand so you're trying to push off but you're sinking and then you're kicking (laughs) up the sand and you're stepping over little cactuses (sighs) and cow pies. And the danger, the danger of the cow. And uh, that's right, cow pies. <laughs> and it is a lot of walking uphill, and especially at night <laughs> yeah. when you, if you, you know, you just lose where you're at. That's a long hike at night. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing we didn't really realize is that it was actually downhill the whole time getting there. And then that, if you're going downhill the whole time, that means you're going to be going uphill the whole way back. Yeah, I didn't realize we were going downhill. Yeah, I, I didn't it really did feel not like it, feel did like it. we were going downhill. But then when we were walking back up, and I'm looking with my mm-hmm. spotlight, I'm like, wait a minute, that's up. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, no, this is up. Yeah, because and and we only have yeah. a six of a mile to go. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm looking at this area, and as I've driven around it, it's all just flat. It's how I describe it. It's flat. But we start off at four thousand five hundred sixty-three feet. Or I'm sorry, we start off at 47.12 and go down to 45.63. So it's a difference of 132 feet. Mm -hmm. And so the thing is just uh, 
surprisingly downhill. I think this is an incorrect number. I believe that number would be different. 4, 7, 12, subtract 4, 5, 6, 3. That doesn't add up to 132, does it? It's just, it's about a 200-foot downhill climb. And as you look at the graph on our MyTracks app, we kind of went down, leveled out, down, and then really steep down, up, steep down, up, steep down, up, steep down the rest of the way. And then we repeat that. So the difference of the math feet. is 149. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's really close to 130. I'm not sure where it's dropping. I don't know why that. You know, 18 yeah. numbers. But mm. so this right here is a sad graph to see at the end of a hike in somewhere where it was entirely downhill. Because mm. you know that oh crap, that's what we got to do <laughs> in a minute. So if I go back to our My Tracks app and I see the tracks that sent us here or got us back the graph will be absolutely opposite and terrifying. And oh my gads, we got to talk mm -hmm. about the MyTrax app, but we should go back to Venkat's question and we'll come back to it. But you can see the mountain we climbed <laughs> in the sand. I got sand in my shoes too, and I have good hiking boots. And it felt like I had a sixth toe in there. And I kept moving my feet around on that sixth toe and it was really painful. <laughs> so there's a cactus finger involved in the story. I want to hear the <laughs> cactus finger. Oh, somebody brought us down this spot that they said, oh, this is the way to go. Okay. And so I went back, I was climbing up. I kind of just didn't pick my feet up correctly. And of course, a certain finger landed in a cactus when I was trying not to fall. Mm. Of course, it's your middle finger. <laughs> so I had to pull a little that prickle a, out of there. Officially the cactus finger. Aaron, this is where finger. I hurt myself, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> So for the Jeff Petersons out there laughing at me, thinking that I'm lost, I'm not lost. I had a KML file. I mapped it out on Google Maps and Google Earth, and I knew precisely how to get straight there. Unfortunately, along the path is this uh, 12, 8, 15 foot at some points deep trench that we had to find a way around. Yeah, it was this, uh, this chasm had grown over, I think, over the winter and uh, spring from all the rain. Uh, We've never from all the rain. Path. I bet it was there five years ago. Well, I bet it was there, but it seemed like it seemed like we had crossed something similar to it when we were higher up, but it looked, it was, this trench just got really much deep. Much easier. It got much, it seemed like it just grew a lot and it got really deep um, over the last uh, year or so. Uh, it was definitely more challenging because we came across and all of a sudden with, I have like this eight foot drop and then like four feet, four, five, six feet wide. And then another eight foot incline to get out of this thing. We're like, how are we going to, we have to find a way to walk around this thing now, you know? So yeah, we filled Kathy's hand with cactus needles going the direction <laughs> towards the dead end. And then we had to go back the direction she came and we never had to go on that path. That four feet of stretch where she lost her balance and touched the cacti. Uh, oh, the cactus, man, she didn't have to do that. That was mm. my fault. But those of you who come in the future workshops, we know precisely the path around that. I have it drawn on this MyTracks app to repeat easier, it perfectly, guys, yeah. and it's quite obvious, no worries. It's just still sandy and still straight downhill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Venkat, we wanted to hear your advice for people who come to this place. What was something you need to prepare for before you come? Uh, my first advice would be to never follow Aaron on this <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, always try to follow. Always try to follow Brandon. That is not uh, truth. There is no truth that's to that. Mark two for Escalante. <laughs> Jeez, uh, what the thanks I get. Yeah, but uh, I mean, as I said earlier, right? I think the uh, like get like a couple of layers of uh, clothes because I think it really gets uh, warm and chilly. Yeah. yeah, because like you cross like one section, it becomes hot of all of a sudden. Oh, that was crazy uh, at Dancehall Rock. Right, mm -hmm. uh, and of course, uh, like. Try to bring a lot of food. Try to get a lot of movies. Thanks a lot for uh, <laughs> getting those. 
And yeah. that was that was great. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> that the, was my favorite part. <laughs> that was your favorite part. The unscheduled no, fun of the workshop is that you get there for sunset and you want to see the place in the light. Mm-hmm. And now we've got two hours, two and a half hours till the Milky Way's ready at this time of year at least. Mm-hmm. And so we watched movies on Aaron's iPad. We watched Secret of Walter Mitty. Then we watched uh, Black Panther. Yeah. The next wow. night. And tonight we're going to watch what? You guys looked at the list. Did you like anything? Yeah, I have a Bollywood movie for you guys. <laughs> a Bollywood movie? Mm. You did say that you had that. Yeah. It'll be interesting to try. Do we have a 10-minute um, intervention if we don't enjoy it? Yeah. <laughs> Too many jive <laughs> yeah. singing. <laughs> and there's also Murder on the Orient Express on the uh, queue. So, mm. awesome. So you will enjoy some movies with Aaron and Brendan. Uh, and Scott, that's really good advice on the clothes layer because sometimes you think the jeans will be enough, but just a little thin, windbreaking kind of pant that you can put over it would work wonders and save you from the cold. Yeah, the windbreakers are great because if you get windbreaker pants and a windbreaker jacket, even if you have something like just a light fleece underneath, just yeah. the windbreaking, because it's that wind chill, right? I mean, the wind's just going to blow right through a fleece. And just having some extra layer that will stop that will keep you so much warmer. It was incredibly... You know, I feel uh, probably that's where uh, on your itinerary, right, probably add some links, like probably to, because I feel yeah, like I was like pants. a little bit underprepared for mm. this. So, uh, probably a couple of links would help uh, future participants. Yeah, absolutely. Good it's really, really hot out here at night and we were burning up hiking at the seven o'clock hour. And so it's really radiating heat until late at night. But there's just this point after three o'clock that it gets really cold yeah. or feels chillier. Like it's down to like the mid 40s, you know. Right. So when you're hiking, it's not too bad. But when you're standing around shooting Milky Way as the temperature drops like, you know, five degrees every like hour, you know, then uh, or even maybe even faster than that. So, yeah, yeah, that's the high desert for you. You know, it'll get warm in the day and then cool at night. And so. Yeah. And we put in the and we put in the fact just in, just a disclaimer that it was in there that it gets chillier at night, but not clear enough. And I think the link to something that's cheap that would make people motivated to grab it just mm-hmm. in case yeah. something that's not heavy to pack in and go for. Right. So, uh, Nicole, what was it a piece of advice you give someone who's coming out to the workshop who might not know to prepare with? Um, I was bring a lot of chapsticks and lotion. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I would say every piece of my my um, my lift and my fingers were chapped from like day one, yeah. um, and and I kept on getting nosebleeds. And I think I'm just not really used to the dry weather out here in Utah, having mm. been from you know the East Coast, where you know by this time um, we have a huge bunch of humidity. Mm. So for me, this was a, a relief, you know, a, a shock on on the body. So bring a lot of lotion and definitely a lot of chapstick. And keep hydrated, you know, you got to drink a lot of water because hiking around in the desert, you're getting sweaty and you're going to lose a lot of that water through your sweat. So, you know, always have a water bottle on you because, yeah, you know, always constantly be drinking. I would say we should add in there, make sure people have these bladders, those water bladders to put in their packs Mm because that was much easier than having a water bottle on you. Don't have the trash to get out of there and you have the plenty of liters, two liters, one to two liters Mm -hmm. on you. That's great. And uh, to clear, to give you guys a little bit of description of how chapped, my lips feel like my lips are made of hay bales now. Like when I close my lips, I feel Mm -hmm. like Scarecrow closing his mouth. (laughs) It's that dry. Like pieces of my lip are just like fighting hairs like a Velcro is going to close my lips and I won't be able to open them up again. It's crazy chapped out here. It's uh, really dry and extra extra dusty the last weekend, mm-hmm. like Brennan said, but then cleared up. So just come prepared for that. Uh, any other cool questions you wanted to ask them? Or Venkat, yeah. you have something? I think one other uh, suggestion would be to actually uh, grab a hold of uh, Roy's player's book. 
because that's when I think you'll enjoy the workshop even more. Like mm. just like do like a primary do the research, read Roy yeah. Spears' ebook, put a link down below. Mm. It is definitely a way to prepare yourself for yeah. photography. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Until ours comes out, and then it's useless. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, all in all, I will say, even with my experience with the hike, and I'm terrible with hiking, <laughs> it was so worth the hike. Oh, I awesome. would do it again in a second. I I have no problems. I would do that again in a second mm. i don't know if they'd want to bring me out there or not again but yeah, we do <laughs> definitely i wouldn't bring as much stuff as i did i'd have a lighter backpack or you put more on aaron's back mm. or, or throw it on you where are the but, sherpas where so. are those sherpas <laughs> so but, then uh, but and, and, but i also have the fanny pack with the double water uh hold bottle holders and that mm. comes in handy too <laughs> so so if you don't have the uh camel those couple of water packs on the Those, day pack is pretty great, it's right? It's pretty nice because it's hang, hanging around your hips and you do not feel it when you're walking. Uh, right. Yeah, awesome. So I was going to ask you, Kathy, whether you'd come back again, and you already answered that. So oh, let me definitely. ask you this. Now that you've gone three days in, we've got one more left. What's your like bucket list item still for Milky Way that you still want to accomplish, still want to do? I want to get that perfect panorama shot. You know, I just want to get that one where it's... Well, I'd like to try one that's tracked if I could get my <laughs> tracker to work, but uh, I don't hold out hope on that right now. Um, but just to me, I just want to get a really nice, in my mind's eye, version of that perfect panel. And I think I have it already, but I haven't done enough editing on my stuff mm. to know. Yeah, the laptops you bring, quick advice on that. Uh, just know that you're using Lightroom and you probably will do a panorama stitch and... Kathy's had hers going for probably an hour and a half, got up to 50%, and then the thing crashed on her. Oh, no. She lost her progress on it. Mm. So test your equipment if you want to bring out something that's going to do it better or have someone at home ready to get the files and do the panel for you and bring it back to you because <laughs> that, that is something that had been cool if she could have had it to process already. Mm. So Nicole was talking to Venkat yesterday about laptops. Nicole, what, what would your be your advice um, for the listeners for uh, if they're going to bring a laptop, what would you recommend? Um, I actually recommend a gaming laptop. Um, so the one I have is, um, I don't know, an MSI gaming laptop. It's probably like two years old now, so I'm sure there's new ones out. But that the idea is, you know, they have the um, they have the RAM, they have the the um, enough memory for you to process in the Lightroom mm -hmm. and and face uh, um, and Photoshop, and they have the the um, the graphic cards. You know, they have the the latest graphic cards. Um, you know that that um, you know will support those gamings, but uh, they make a huge difference when it comes to uh, post processing. Yeah, so. gaming la gaming laptops are kind of like souped up laptops. I mean, so they've got faster processors, they've got discrete graphics. So it's actually if you have programs like Photoshop and Lightroom that do take a little bit of advantage of the GPU, it has a boost for that. And uh, even if you were looking at getting a laptop for mobile processing, you don't have to buy this year's latest and greatest. Go on to Craigslist or go to your local classifieds, find a gaming laptop that's two years old, save yourself like a thousand bucks, buy a two-year-old right. one, and it's going to be totally powerful enough to do everything you want to. And the screens are typically bigger too. They're usually 15 or 17-inch screens. They might be a little bit heavier, but man, you're going to love having that horsepower when you come and sit down and, and in the afternoon when we're processing you're going to not have to wait as long because you're going to have the power to do it. Yeah, and while Brendan said that, I'm going to use that segue into a quick thing just to 
describe what it's like, the timing and the schedule. When you come out to a workshop like this with us, you're going to have that time up until dinner. We're going to meet, have dinner, eat together. Then we're going to drive out to the location and get on site while it's still light, have the Milky Way, know the area, know the composition you want, and then you know wait till the Milky Way comes up, capture the Milky Way, come home around 2, 3, 4 a.m. So you're really home late, depending on how far you have to drive. Especially Escalante, we had an hour drive back from most locations. Mm-hmm. So then you sleep from 4 a.m. to 11, 12, 1, and then we have breakfast, lunch together, and we have a few hours before we need to go back out again. And that's when Brenda and I take some time to actually do a lesson. Wherever your strengths and weaknesses are, we work on them, and we also do post-processing lessons. So your laptop, even though it's heavy, you won't have to bring it with you anywhere. You just right. have to have it in your hotel room and just bring it with you out when we do the lesson. And that's something that's going to be easy to manage. Yeah, yeah. So this is the perfect situation we have set up now with this uh, hotel is that you just take your laptop from your room, put your card in it, bring it down to the conference room, set up on a table and watch us on the screen, do some stuff, give you some tips and tricks. You guys can start applying that. And it's been really great to have that uh, flexibility and give these guys time to actually work on their images and uh, do some social posting while they're at it and really start sharing it. Even after day one, we can start doing that. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Nicole, you already have the mic. Let's go to you. What would be the one bucket list item Milky Way you're still trying to capture? Um, for me, I don't think it's, it's more of a location, more a composition at this point. It's, for me, it's really about focus. I think focusing was something that I struggled with mm. coming into this workshop. And, you know, even, even the first night, even two nights, um, you know, it was my week's point. And I feel like yesterday was a little bit of a turning point. And I felt like it was because, um, you know, Aaron and I discovered, you know, maybe it wasn't really the technique and more the equipment that I was using. Mm, yeah. Um, and so actually what ended up happening is so I I'm a Canon shooter I have a 5D Mark III um, but you know it's, they're not exactly great with low light so I decided to rent the, the Sony a7R III this time um, you know but I'm very attached to my Canon lens um, so I got a, a, a metabolic adapter for it and for whatever reason I just you know with the, the a7R III and a 16-35 Canon lens I couldn't get the sharpness that I felt like um, I was just lacking in those pictures. And, um, you know, I sort of feel like it, um, it, it was the, the meta bone and really not, not, you know, me per se, because when I switched the lens on to the 5D Mark III, uh, it was a lot easier to, to find focus. So I don't know if I'm missing something there, but I, I feel like that was sort of a aha moment for me. Yep. Um, so I feel like going out, you know, tonight, it's, it's, um, you know, it's definitely something I'm going to keep in mind. And just so nice. you guys know, when you're doing your focus, your technique is you got an orb, a blob of white light, and you've now times 10 into it digitally on the LCD screen, and you have a Carson Lumi loop maybe that you can have another 10 times on it. So you're looking at this loop, this blob really big, and you're moving your focus ring, and you're trying to find that blob where it's tightest and smallest. On the Metabones Adapted 1635, when we would get down to the smallest that the white thing would go without a red color aberration or going into a blue one that had some weird fringing, it would be at this blob shape that we expected to be tighter. Mm. And we'd look at the image afterwards and we'd look and go, that's pretty tight. And we kind of look closely and think, nah, it just seems a little soft, like it's a little big. It seems like it should be better and so we tried focus again and we do the ring we move it incrementally tinily just tiny to see if we can get it to the smallest little white orb that we can and it's just seemed like 
the finite point where it would get its smallest was bigger than it should be. Mm. And we thought, oh, the Metabones adapter maybe. Let's just try and see what happens without it on a, you know, the native lens to the native body. How does it turn out? And she experienced it was much tighter, yeah. much tighter. It's mm. like pinpoint. Now you have the 1635 Mark II, right? It's yep. the second generation. Oh, okay. Was anything about your Metabones adapter new, brand new, old? Um, yeah, so the, uh, that was the other thing I was wondering. Like, so the Metabone is in, I think they're out on version 4, or maybe even 5 now. But I think the one I have is a version behind. So oh, I'm wondering maybe if, if, if they would have fixed that. Um, but the, the other thing that I thought was interesting was um, I felt like the, the Sony um, body on the Rokinon lens worked better. Ah. Mm. So even though the Rokinon was meant for a Canon mount, um, I don't know. It, it didn't seem to have that kind of the same problem. Gotcha. Or maybe it had the same problem. Somehow it's more forgiving with the Metabones you know, adaptation that's happening, that little extension. Because you're gaining a stop or half a stop of light because of the Metabones adapter pulling it away, the lens away from the body. And that's a great benefit. But if the focus is soft, it's frustrating. Now, soft is meaning... You know, myself and Nicole are being very picky because <laughs> her very <laughs> nice, really. yeah, her very nice sharp focus on it is absolutely passable. But mm. we're like, yeah, it could be better. It could be mm. better. We really need to get it better. So I'm glad that we got there with something that worked. And then tonight's gonna be exciting to see how you like the 5D Mark III and the 1635. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I want to look at real fast uh, in, in a little bit is just to see if the Metabones maybe have a, some dust on it or maybe a smear or smudge. Film of anything. Yeah, it could be something we could just clean off and maybe it'll perform better because there is a piece of glass in the Metabones adapter. So that's something we can also <coughs> explore if you guys are experiencing these issues like something seems fuzzy but it it just seems like you're at the right you know focus point but just steams a little off still take your glass off and look and see if there is there a big piece of dust on the back of your lens or is there lots of dust covering the front of your lens or a fingerprint somewhere or or if your adapter like a metabones has a smudge like you can easily remedy that by cleaning it and then put it back together and try it again so that's one thing we're we're also going to look at yeah, it's going to be great to learn from that. So thanks, Nicole, for being a good guinea pig there because we experienced something we haven't experienced yet, and that's awesome to learn from. So, Vincant, end us, end us on the trip right now. What would be something that's your bucket list item for the Milky Way still? Probably uh, get a nice Milky Way shot over Yosemite. Oh, mm. yeah. Yes, that's a tougher place with higher canyon walls, higher walls, but there's areas that you can go over the lake. And uh, you see plenty. I mean, look at... Um, What's his name out there? Michael Fry. He's got great mm. photography out there. You can mm-hmm. see there's like the brothers or something, and that's a good spot. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think tunnel, over tunnel view, probably that would be the best shot as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it has it early in the season where you can see out in front of you over um, half dome. Yeah. Awesome. So sweet. Anything you guys want to say? Any kind of disclaimer like, hey, don't do this, people. Don't go join Aaron and Brendan on the Photog <laughs> Adventure because they're nuts. Anything that you regret? I think I would let the uh, love Catherine. the silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good sound. That's a good silence. <laughs> well, no, I mean I think everything was great, and um, you know, this being my first astro, you know, photography workshop, uh, I thought everything was was, you know, pretty close to perfect, which is hard yes. to say for a photo workshop, right? Mm, right <laughs> that's right. the brilliant, most awesome thing to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, these guys were great. So I was anybody sitting on a fence, just just do it. Woohoo! Awesome. How do you guys handle the no sleep? I'm fine. I have a four-year-old. I don't get any sleep anyways. <laughs> we know yeah. Venkat passes out pretty much as soon as his head hits a pillow. But. <laughs> I think for all the future uh, people who are on the, uh, this thing, right, trying thinking of it, I would highly recommend it. Uh, 
because I think uh, both Aaron and Brendan are really approachable. You ask like any question any number of times, they're really uh, helpful to you. And I think uh, they also made sure that uh, the itinerary is planned out pretty well. So like from the timing wise, like everything they are actually spick and span, they have all the ice and uh, dots teed out. So that's perfect. <laughs> and I think uh, thanks for the group as well. The rest of the people have been really helpful as well. Yeah, it's been yeah. fun. Uh, yeah. It's been really fun. Oh, I would definitely say come. I yes. would definitely say really come. I, it, they're so down to earth, and it's so helpful. They're so helpful. I mean, if you want to come out and it's your first time, or you've even been out, this, these are a great group of guys to go out with. And I got to see some really nice places that mm. I don't think I would have ever tried to hike out to myself by myself. But being out there with a group with them, I, I didn't have any fears of anything well, besides a cow coming over the hill or something, but that's about it. Even after you fell into the cactus? <laughs> you know, even after cactus falling finger. into the cactus, you know, it was okay other than that, you know. It was a great It was a great time. It was. That's what's amazing about this place is Escalante really isn't that um, well-known or celebrated really, and so it's kind of cool to get give you guys something really unique. I mean, when you go home and show people these pictures, they're just not going to, I don't think they're going to believe what they're seeing, you know, and you guys were there experiencing it firsthand and really got to experience that and see that it's, it's just really cool, really cool place. It's so unique and yet hardly anybody knows about it. So it's really kind of fun to bring someone to someplace really new that's unknown. And it's just been, been, it's been a great workshop and a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, and the gods of Astro have given us awesome blessing with the sky. It has been fantastic. Even if we had only two nights of good skies, I think all of us would have gone home happy still because wow, just every night turned out the next awesome, brilliant shot. So thank you guys. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being on the podcast with us and hanging out with us. Let's go ahead and end this podcast. 78, fantastic. And then let's go and thank everyone who's been helping us out on Patreon. Patreon, I should say. Yeah, so we're just going to do this. Uh, Let's do this tier. Okay, we're going to give a shout-out to the $5 tier, guys. Hey, we're, hey, thanks, Michael. Thanks, Kathy, in person, too. Yeah, uh, Thanks, Claudia. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Tyler. John. Aaron and yourself. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm uh, a patron Keith. too, guys. I'm a patron at five dollars. It wasn't worth it at fifteen bucks. Keith, <laughs> Alex, my cousin, Josh, uh, uh, Latham. No, Le- Leanna. Oh, Leanna. 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 I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name, Leanna. Leanna. Uh, Leanna. Leanna. Yep, Leanna. Shout out to you. Thanks, Derek, Jesse, Jeff, and Richard. Thanks, guys. We appreciate your um, your contributions. You guys make this podcast possible. Every time you sign up on patreon and give us a little bit of you know uh handout basically (laughs) (laughs) to to help us that fuels our little adventures our little trips so we can come back and podcast about it and give you guys some more entertainment so thank you guys so much i hope you guys have enjoyed all of this in the workshops we're going to hope to do this in other workshops as well so that we can learn from those who are out here and learn from other experiences we have Hope you guys are getting out there. The skies are getting more and more brilliant. If you guys have a place that's dark sky, get out and have a photog adventure of your own. Exactly. Yeah, go out there and experience the dark skies and have fun. So see you guys. Say goodbye, all of you. Goodbye. 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 (laughs) See ya. See you guys.